a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. That's exactly what makes them extra, and I am very excited for you to meet them. Now, on this day of recording, okay, uh, the two of us sitting here in the luxurious Mana Studio, by the way, <laughs> um, uh, which I realize will not be the same day of listening for the rest of all of you, uh, today is a feast day in the Catholic Church commemorating the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle, okay, which is very apropos considering today's guest. Now, I'll tell you why in a second, uh, but for those unfamiliar or just a little foggy on Paul's whole story, uh, before he was Paul, he was Saul, and he was a devout member of the Jewish faith uh, tradition who infamously persecuted early Christians until one day he was literally knocked off his horse, uh, got a life-changing message directly from Jesus, and after seeing the light, literally, uh, because he was temporarily blinded, uh, he became the most prolific apostle and champion for Christianity. He wrote about almost half of the books of the the New Testament and really, you know, just became such a a role model for not only uh, turning, uh, uh, you know, for not only his faith, but for his conversion. I mean, if this guy, I mean, Paul was, uh, Saul was a bad dude. And so if, if, if this guy could turn his life around so brilliantly, uh, by turning it over to Christ, then, you know, there's really, there's hope for all of us, really. So anyway, what's, so now what's the connection to today's guest? Okay, well, it's not his name uh, or the horse, uh, it's his influence. Okay, now, he didn't, our guest today didn't write the other 14 books of the New Testament, uh, and no, there aren't cities that are named after him all over the world, uh, including our own state capital here in Minnesota. Uh, But I think today's guest's influence is as great as St. Paul's because, like Paul, he is using the gifts he's been given in the mode and measure that he's received them to glorify God, okay? Case in point, before I even met today's guest, I saw and heard him uh, on a riser at church with other choir members leading worship, okay? Not putting on a concert, not showing off his talent, not doing it for himself, but sharing his talent, leveraging his talent to create a space for everyone else in the sanctuary, including me, sitting in the pew, to get closer to God, just like Paul. Just like Paul did with his passion uh, in preaching and writing, our guest does it uh, with song. And that's just one of the ways, okay? Uh, he also does it with service. Um, today's guest uh, was not only a leader in business uh, before he retired, uh, <laughs> rubbing it in, uh, but he uh, currently now, he is a leader in church through uh, the men's club at St. Bart's, uh, particularly in helping guys strengthen their spiritual muscles, which I appreciate as a member of that club. Um, and he's also extended those trade talents that he's cultivated all over the years to mentoring others and helping others build up their skills and their gifts and their impact. Uh, he's also a family man, he's a husband and dad, which we'll find out more about here, and, uh, and most importantly, a man of faith. So I am uh, very excited for all of us 
to get to know him better, please welcome today's man of man, Mr. John Sella. Hey, John. Hey, good evening. What, a, what an intro. Wow. I'm impressed with myself, I guess. Well, you and Paul, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the company that you keep. Well, it's, it's interesting because you, when you talk about, uh, when you talk about Paul and his little, little side note, and you would mention the, the uh, being up in the risers and yes, I'm in the, in the choir at St. Bart's, um, but had an opportunity this fall to go to, uh, a mass in Germany, and it was a German mass at St. Paul's Cathedral. Oh, cool. And this cathedral has the world's largest pipe organ. And again, you, you talk about St. Paul, yeah. and it was St. Paul's Cathedral. Yeah, so, there we go. Side See, note, side things. note for little St. Paul. <clears throat> no coincidences. Yeah. No, they're all, it's all connected. So um, so let's let's talk about music first. I mean, there's a lot that, I want, that we're going to get into here, but that is how... I saw you before I even met you. That is the the connection that I made to you. So that when we did meet, probably a couple of years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that choir guy. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about music. You know, Saint Augustine, you know, uh, said famously that you know when we sing, we pray twice. Uh, what talk about music? How what kind of a role has it played in your life? Has it always been a part of your life? And has has church and music always been? kind of connected for you? You know, it, it really has. And and if I look back, I mean, I'm, I'm one of these, you know, lifelong Catholics, so to speak. <laughs> I had eight years of Catholic grade school, you know, eight years of, or four years of high school and four years of Catholic college. And in, in grade school, I sang in the boys choir in high school. I sang in the glee club, didn't sing in college, but then got into it. Um, when I was goaded by our, our, our uh, choir director, Richard Clark, uh, uh, many, many yes. years ago. And for me, it's just, um, it's, it's really about uh, bringing together the mass. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a form of prayer. And mm-hmm. for me, as you said it before, it's not, it's not really performing, but it's just a, it's a vital part of our mass, especially at St. Bart's, because mm-hmm. music is, is uh, just a critical part of the, of the worship and the service. So. Yeah. Well, and that is, and I, you know, we've, we've had the blessing of being a part of a, a few parishes and lucky to have music ministry, a, a, a very big part of both. And I think that is such a divine sort of like balance, not even a balance, but when, when a parish uh, community has a music tradition and, and, and of music as ministry so that it doesn't um it doesn't so it's not just like oh yeah it's 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 like a show you know okay now i get to listen to the choir it's like no no no. you're there as a choir to invite others to participate and to to connect with god at that level but as it so the question because i've never ironically uh, for as much as i love music i've never sung in a church choir i've sung in other choirs but like with and you mentioned richard clark do, do, do you as a choir do you talk about that? Do you do you check each other and make sure that it's always focused on the worship, or is it something that is just the Holy Spirit's there and it, it's just natural? Well, I think it's a combination of both. I think you know Richard; he, he does a really good job of making sure that what we do is a part of the mass, and yeah. it's not you know it's not again it's not performing. But he does a really good job of the music that we do sing and the, and the music that's played by the instrumentalists is, is an integral part of that Sunday's worship. He's very deliberate in how he picks out the music. Mm-hmm. And he just instills that with the choir uh, when we rehearse and then when we're there on Sunday mornings as far as what our role is in, in is part of the Mass. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned, you know, kind of being a lifelong Catholic and and. and uh, faith being, you know, kind of part of your, your life. And so I, you know, was joking a little bit in the intro that, you know, your connection to Paul isn't because of some horse and, you know, probably, 
uh, you know, not because of some kind of conversion event like Paul had. I mean, thankfully, uh, hopefully none of us have to have that dramatic of a, of a conversion. But, but what was it like for you? Did, you? did you have some kind of, you know, as you look back on your life, did you have a, a what, did you have like a little tipping point where maybe your faith just kind of dialed up maybe a little bit more? It sounds like it was always part of your life, but was there ever a, a time when it, it really kind of kicked in for you? Well, I, I think for me, there was there were two things that kicked it in. When I, when I was in grade school, probably like when I was in sixth or seventh grade, our, we, had, we had a Bible study that was separate from school, and I, I had got to be a part of it, and it was primarily eighth graders, and I was like a sixth or seventh grader, mm-hmm. and I thought that was pretty cool, but it gave me the opportunity to study the Bible. Yeah. And again, being sixth or seventh grade, it's not like I, you know, took it literally or I really studied it hard, but I think that started it for me. Yeah. And then, you know, getting into high school, it was kind of, you know, four years of high school. And I think that really the tipping point was when I got to college and I went to St. John's University up in Collegeville. And for me, it was really, I met a group of guys and we, we all went to church on Sunday evenings and that was that was a big deal, mm-hmm. and I ended up living with these seven guys my senior year in college, and we we worshipped together, we prayed together, and we had dinner every single night together. And here's you're in a house with seven guys, and yeah. they're all over the place. You know, some were on the football team, and you know, basketball team, and baseball team, and I played soccer. But we made a point every Sunday night we went to church together up at St. John's and came back and had dinner and we had dinner every single night. So to me, that was really the, I think the tipping point from a faith perspective that kind of grounded me that I was surrounded by these guys that had, you know, like, like ideas and like, you know, like just the way they approach going to church in their faith. The other thing I would say is that's where I met my wife too. She went to St. Ben's and she was, you know, she, she's uh, really grounded me in my faith and, and, bringing the spirit into our life as well. So I think the, the, when I got to college, it really started, I yeah. think. Yeah, that's so cool. And I think that peer influence, <clears throat> we've had guys in actually a lot of Johnnies. Uh, I feel like you're rubbing it in. We have so, so many great St. John's graduates. <laughs> we need more gusties. But, you know, uh, you know, a lot of you, you do talk about that peer influence, you know, just the, the friends that are, you know, let's all get to church. Let's all, you know, let's all pray, which is so, which is wonderful. What about, what about especially when you're younger, who were some of the older guys, you know, like whether, you know, it could have been a dad, could have been an uncle, whatever, teacher. Are there any, are there any men in those earlier formative years that you remember being particularly kind of influential as kind of that role model kind of role? Well, I would say a couple. I think my dad, for one, I mean, he, I mean, he, you know, good, good Catholic man, doctor, you know, you know raised seven kids or yeah. six kids. I'm sorry. But he, I mean, from, from, from early on, he was all about getting involved in church and getting mm-hmm. and I was at Our Lady of Grace in Edina and went to school there. And, you know, him and my mom were very, very active in our church from any kind of opportunity to volunteer to, you know, reading at mass and doing anything they could with the parish and the school. So for me, that was probably the first time I saw kind of a role model. Yeah. And so it's kind of like you lead by example. And I watched the way he did that and how he was involved with the church. So that that to me had a big impact on, I think, as, as I started to grow older and when you talk about giving back and the other person I would say is I had a actually a, a, a religion teacher at, at in grade school who was also having to be the choir director. He was the one that led the Bible study and he kind of got me going with 
kind of getting interested in the Bible. And again, yeah. back then when you're in sixth or seventh grade, it's not like you're, you know, yeah. covering it and you're getting <laughs> deep diving up, but that kind of started it. So I would say, you know, the choir director and my dad for sure. Yeah. Well, and I don't know how intentional it was um, with the choir director, but you know, when you, ex- when you describe the, the situation of being in sixth grade and here are these older, you know, students mm-hmm. in eighth grade that are getting together and, you know, even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't religious in nature, I mean, just any sixth grader to, to be hanging out with kids just a couple years older, that's a big deal. Yeah, it was. You know? So it's, it's, that's a good little strategy yeah. of like yeah. trying to hook uh, into that. So, so fast forward several years past college, you and your wife, you have kids, you know, you've got a strong faith, you know, uh, at that time and your whole life and even stronger, your wife, it sounds like was very influential. I mean, so when you're raising kids, they had no choice, right? I mean, they were basically, yeah, they, <laughs> they had no choice in the matter. It, this is the kind of house it, they're getting exa- raised Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and we started them again early on, just like, just like when I was a kid, you know, yeah. we're going to church every Sunday and we're doing all the things you need to do. And they were active with us. I mean, we, we volunteered when we were Pox Christie and Eden Prairie. And then yeah. when we got up here and did St. Bart's Day, they, they were active in, in, in helping us volunteer, participating with, with us in volunteer activities. Um, um, but unfortunately, as a lot of young kids today, I mean, they didn't, they didn't grow up in the Catholic church or I'm sorry, in the Catholic school, they mm-hmm. went to Wyzetta public schools mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, went different, different colleges, which I, I look back on that now. And, and it's interesting cause I, you know, one of my daughters, they looked at St. Ben's to, to go to college yeah. and, and neither of them went there and they still say this today. They say, why didn't you make me go to St. Ben's? Right. <laughs> cause they see, they see some of their friends that went there. They see how they are. They see their faith. They see how they mm-hmm. are as people and persons and, and volunteering. So, but, so, but, yeah. but, but yeah, I mean, we, you, you try as a parent, you try and do as much as you can to, you know, instill in your kids how important the church is in faith and praying, but you can only yeah. do so much. So what about influences then today for you? So, so now, now you're in a role where you are and and for me personally, you know, as I mentioned with men's club, you know, you were one of the first guys when I showed up and I'm like, okay, I don't really know anybody other than Jamie. And you were one of the first guys that, that came up and, and introduced yourself. And now, now at least I had two friends at men's club. And so you're in a role now where you are, you know, influencing and, and I mentioned the mentoring in your intro, but are there any, are there any men for you today who are, who are playing that role for you? I don't know. I don't know that it's any one specific person that I could say by name, but it's different people that I come in contact with in different situations. I mean, look at men's club is, is a good example. So, you know, you don't see the people that come to men's club, you know, every single day or every yeah. single week. But when you get together, there's this kind of there's this bond that's there. So you, you might not see him for two or three weeks, but there's this bond that's there. And to me, that part of that part of that bond that 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 helps bridge from the next time that you don't see him. Yeah. So it's, it's some of the guys I see in men's club. And these guys that I went to college with, these same six or seven guys, I mean, yeah. you know, it's interesting because um, when we don't see each other, we get back together and it's like we, we haven't been apart for, you know, more than a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, it's that strong friendship, that strong bond, that strong, you know, common influence of, of faith and spirit that kind of drives you to keep you going. So yeah. I, it's really not one specific person, but it's just different groups of people that come into my life at different 
different times. Yeah, and the cool. other person I would say too is I'd have to say my wife Janelle because she is a big influence in our in our faith and spirituality, and she she drives us to do you know Michael Schmitz's Bible in a Year oh, study, yeah, yeah. and you know she uh, she serves as as the ambassador for Michael Kelly's ministries for St. Bart, so she gets a lot of their, a lot of Matthew Kelly's books. Yeah. So we read a lot of his books and you know watch a lot of his videos and stuff. So she's another one that you know helps drive my. Yeah, faith and spirituality. Well, and we've had, I think, and at same parts we've used Michael Kelly mm-hmm. books yep. and, and and part of Men's Club, which you've been part of longer than I. You know, you've seen all of the efforts. You know that that the church that the that the Men's Club takes to, you know, you know, sort of uh, what's that? What's the term? Or term kind of expand the flock? You know, yep. or get people in the tent. And I think you know, and, and here on Man, you know, we talk about men and how sometimes <clears throat> you know guys are just we're just weird, you know, we're, we're stubborn and we're, you know, we're kind of reticent to, to, to lean in, you know, to faith. So I'm just wondering, you know, for all the, the, the time that you've spent, whether it's in your music ministry, men's club, you know, you've, for, for all of the guys, like you were describing that you, you, like you went to college with who are like meeting you more than halfway, like they're already in, you mm-hmm. know, they're like, it's, it's super easy to hang with them because everyone's singing from the same hymnal metaphorically, you know, or maybe literally. But, but as you, as you meet others that maybe <clears throat> either didn't grow up with such a strong faith tradition or a little bit more, you know, kind of reticent, like, a, like I'm saying, what have you found to be effective in getting, especially men, what, what is effective in getting men more comfortable? You know, is, is it just, the familiarity and just friendly faces that when they show up to something, you know, is it that, is it that, does it start just with friendship or is there something else that, that kind of gets them in the boat? I think it starts with friendship, but then it's once you get to know someone and then it's a matter of inviting them in. And I, and I use, I use St. Bart's as a good example of that. You know, I'll meet somebody and we'll start talking and, Oh, where do you go to church or, you know, whatever. And I say, you should come and check out St. Bart's, you know, Oh, do you happen to sing? You should, Come and sing in the choir yeah. and, and, and invite people that way. And I think that starts the discussion yeah. a little bit. That's cool. Yeah. I think that it is, it's, it's, I think sometimes we forget <clears throat> or we over, maybe over engineered or overthink it. Like it, like it takes more than just that. It's yeah. just extending the invitation. And I think for guys too, this whole evangelization thing, that's, it's hard. I yeah. mean, it's not. I mean, it's not like you're out knocking on doors to say, hey, come and come and join my church. And here, why don't you come and pray with me? Or, you know, yeah. let, let's talk about your faith. It, yeah. it, it doesn't come easy. And it, it doesn't, I'll be honest, it doesn't come that easy for me yeah. either. No, me neither. But boy, when you, when you meet somebody who, where it does and, and as, as you get more comfortable with it and when you break that, the, that ice, it's just, it's great. It's so great. You know, so that's, that's the task for all of us. All right. Well, hey, we are, we are already at the fun segment of, uh, of the big show here where we ask the same three questions of every guest and uh, to see what they have to say. So we got a lot of data points at this point. Uh, and season nine, we've, we've asked a lot of guys these questions. So <clears throat> question number one, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow morning and just wanted to hang out for the day, just you and Jesus all day long, you program whatever you're going to do with, with Jesus, what are you going to do? I, I think what I would do, I was, I would take him on a road trip mm. and I would not just, you know, keep him in my company and keep him to myself all day, but I'd want to, I'd want to, um, have him meet different people in my life that mean a lot, that have a lot of faith, have a lot of spiritual, spirituality. Yeah. Um, I would, I would take him on a road trip 
to see my family, cool. both my immediate family and then, uh, you know, my in-laws, you know, as, as, as much as you can, you know, drive around the state or whatever and <laughs> in, in, in a day. But I think that would be important as, yeah. you know, and you can spend a lot of time. If you're in the car on a road trip, you can spend a lot of time, but I'd, 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 I'd want to end the day. I'd want to end the day up at St. John's. Yeah. And I would, if, if possible, take in a mass, but then, you know, walk out to the chapel, which is on the, which is on the edge of the yeah. lake. And that's just a kind of a surreal walk out there. So that to me, that, that would be a, this a great way to end the day spending it with Jesus is just take a nice walk around the lake yeah. out to the chapel with him. Yeah. I, th- I love that. I can even, ju- I can picture it and I can also just imagine the feeling because you'd have those same, even more intensified or an intense feeling that you had when you were in college to have it again with him. And, and just him. to see his influence yeah. on the people that, you know, are, are important in my life. I think that, yeah. that, that would be a, that would be a big deal. That's cool. That's very cool. All right. Uh, fun segment. Question number two, if you could go to church with any other man, so it's gotta be a man. You've brought your wife up a couple times, which is great. We love the influence of all of our wives. But the rules are, it's got to be a guy, okay? So you're going to go to church with a guy. But uh, living or dead, famous or not, any guy in history, uh, who are you going to take so to church? I, I'm going to go a little off script oh, here. and see, not, I knew. I could I'm see not, it in your eyes. I'm I can see it. I'm, I'm not going down. I'm not, <laughs> you know, obviously, you know, whether it was my dad or my grandpa or something, that would be very important. But yeah. I think that's that's kind of a common answer. But um I, I, I wear a St. Christopher medal around my neck and I've probably been wearing it for 50 years, you know, maybe 45 years. Um, so I, I would love to be able to go to church with St. Christopher, meet him. Um, and and there's a story about him. Supposedly he's really not a saint. He's a martyr. Oh, so he's really not, he's not a real saint. And the story goes that he, um, he is the patron saint of travelers and safety, right? So he was going to take a heavy child across a river. Um, and he, he, he's a big, he's supposedly like seven feet tall. Right. And he, he brought this heavy child across the river, helping this child to get across the river. And what he didn't know that it really wasn't the, it really wasn't the heavy child that he was bringing across. It was the weight of God that he brought across the river. So again, that's kind of a little story of St. Christopher, but I I would love to meet him because I've been wearing his medal around my neck for 45 years. What was the connection to all those years? Was it just you heard the story and you were inspired by the story? I think, well, I think the the medal was a gift, I think, I think from my parents. Okay. And I've, I've, it's been around my neck every single day. That's so cool. The same, the same, you've never had to replace it? No, I've had to replace the chain around it, but not the same medal. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah. That is great. Well, yeah. that's, that's, that, that's, that's, if that's going off script, that's the best off script. <laughs> that's a that's a great answer. And now we've got a couple of scenes we talked about yeah. Paul and Christopher. Good. Yeah, the listeners are getting their, their money's worth. Out oh, of this sure. episode here. <laughs> All right. Last question. Um, if you could give just one uh, piece of advice to a younger man, a little earlier in their life, um, about just living a living the life you live a confident you know life of faith, uh, but just just that one piece of advice. What would it be? I would say surround yourself with friends and people who have and are going to influence you and are are 
they follow their faith and they follow their spirituality. And I, again, mm-hmm. I, I will go back and say the, these group of guys from college, I mean, right. I go back and had, had I not been surrounded by that group, I don't know what I would have been in the church, yeah. but here's a group of guys that I surrounded myself with them and we pushed each other. We pushed each other. I think that's important. And then again, if you're in the process of, you know, dating and finding a girlfriend and getting married, that kind of thing, you know, you know, have a relationship with somebody who's going to share the same kind of faith and spirituality you do. That's great. Well, it has been a great night. Uh, St. Paul, St. Christopher and John Sella. So John, thanks so much for, for being on. It was great to get to know you a little bit better. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.